1: Stop playing ping pong.
2: (laughs) Hey, we got a show to do. Give me that pedal.
3: I was playing with my good friend Gary Rabine. I almost forgot his name. No, I always forgot how to pronounce it. But at the last moment, I was going to say Rabine, and then all of a sudden, no, it's Rabine, Ben. It looked like I was doing you a favor. He was schooling your ass. Rabine, whoa! Come on. You didn't see me <laughs> slam that <with> one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> hey, you're Ben Jarofsky Show for Tuesday, August 2nd. It's August. Holy crap. Wow, damn, man. It's brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. Chicagoreader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink. Every now and again, sometimes what kind of pot to smoke or what to smoke it out of or who to buy it from. All that and columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarovsky. J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S K. It's Tuesday, August 2nd, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, the Google Meet invite has been sent, and we are anxiously awaiting the arrival of Mr. Bike, Mr. City Council, Dave Gloetz. Now your host, Chicago
3: Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello, everybody. Everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this MAGA Valis Tuesday, and here's why. Because Paul Vallis turns out to be a MAGA man. got to put him on the list, eh? <laughs> All right, let's break it down, ladies and gentlemen. Let's break it down. Paul Ballas, of course, is a mayoral candidate here. Oh, I like that. Sorry,
2: I was about to dance. I thought you said break it down.
3: (laughs) Watch out. Yeah. Ah. Mm, mm, mm. Paul Ballas, of course, mayoral candidate uh, right here in the city of Chicago. uh, Back in the day, in the 90s, when you millennials were just little kids in your shorts or whatever millennials wore in the nineties.
0: Oh,
4: I mean.
3: Listening to I can't even know what I don't know what millennials listened to in the nineties. Spice girls. When Dennis was listening to the Spice Girls. We Paul Ballas was the head of the Chicago Public Schools. Before that, he was a revenue uh, what is it revenue chair for mayor daley he was a uh, one of Mayor Daly's chief financial aides, Mayor Daly, uh, back in the '90s, when the city worshipped him, everybody in the city bowing down to Mayor Daly, except for me. That has just said to me right before we did the show, "Are you ever going to stop complaining about Chicago? Just leave it. Stop complaining." <laughs> I go, I can't help myself. Sugar pie, honey punch. I can't help myself. This city is so wretched, you know. And yet, I won't leave. I won't leave. That's the weird thing. You know, I just stay here. Other guys leave. Johnny Cass. I'm just reading this big go about Johnny Cass, the former columnist for the Chicago Tribune, who's so conservative, so far to the right that he falls off the planet. (laughs) That's Johnny falling off the planet. Johnny Cass. He's so right wing and MAGA. He doesn't even cook his meat. He just eats it raw. Well, he left. He left the tribute. He's crying. I don't know, it's a typical MAGA thing. He's crying. He's sobbing. He moved to Indiana, and uh, everybody wrote about it in the media because nobody likes the guy anymore. Let's face it. Nobody likes you, Cass. So he moved to Indiana. Everybody said, oh, Mr. Chicago moved to Indiana. Now he's mad. Oh, you're picking on me. Everybody's picking on me. Wee. But I can't, I can't be like Cass. D, I stay. I stay in the city. I need help. I should be like Cass. I should just leave. I'm not saying I should go to Indiana, you know, although there is that great song, Indiana Loves Me. Uh, I actually can do that um, one two. song. No, there's Jackson Five, going back to Indiana. Well, there Woo, you go. Yeah. I bet you Johnny Cass can't do those two songs. Maybe <laughs> he lives there. Does, what's that guy's name who sings the God Bless America song that Trump always plays? Lee something or other? I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm just so mad guy that I should know, right? No, some guy is his name Underwood Lee. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, Lee Underwood, not to be confused with Lauren Underwood, she's a congresswoman, but uh, maybe he sang a song about Indiana or Carrie, anyway. What's that, or Carrie Underwood. Jerry Underwood. Yeah. It's going to really bother me. And it all show long. This is how my brain works. Ladies and gentlemen, at some point in the middle of my conversation with Dave Golan's about Chicago city council and Chicago politics, it'll click what the guy Lee's name is who sings that song about America that Trump plays at his rallies. And I'll mention it just apropos to nothing. And uh, Dave will be like, what are you talking about? Anyway, back to Paul Dallas. So Paul Greenwood. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. I'm writing it down. Thank you. It was going to bother me for the rest. Yeah. How did you figure that out? Did you look it up on the internet? You looked it up. Looked up, it the up. I knew it. I knew it. By the way, it's kind of a rough day for Dennis. Let's be nice to him. Why? Uh, for the first time ever, I stumped him. Oh. Uh, a norm mcdonald joke i i said d have you ever heard this joke and he had to confess he never heard it
2: <laughs> my day was completely ruined i had some exercise I had a nice breakfast and that happened i'm like ah oh, well i may as well just go to bed
3: uh yes i sorry i didn't mean to do that yes i did all right anyway uh so back to paul ballas so yeah he was a big daily guy in the '90s. Loved daily and then Daley got tired of Valis. And Daley's attitude about Vallas was, uh, you know, this guy's getting too much of the headlines. He's, you know, you only one guy gets credit for anything around here me, I'm mayor too. So they got rid of Dallas. He's been wandering around the desert ever since. And he's always been a kind of a right winger, uh, but now he's just letting his MAGA freak flag fly. And I want to give a shout out to Kelly Garcia. Uh, ace reporter from my beloved uh, Chicago Reader. Uh, she did the story in The Reader about how uh, Paul Vallis went out to uh, an organization called Awake Illinois, a group that has been criticized for its transphobic and homophobic rhetoric. We've talked about Awake Illinois D. Uh, they're a little uh, nutty on the MAGA scale. Uh, they really hate critical race theory uh, and they show up at meetings and scream and talk about now they're awake, which is kind of funny. Because it's such a mix, a more mixed messages for MAGA. I thought you were denouncing woke. If you're denouncing woke when it comes to lefties, why are you embracing awake when it comes to you? I thought you were against a woke. I thought you were for sleep. Get it together. <laughs> anyway, Paul Ballas, who's running for mayor of the city of Chicago. just Let's just pause and think about this. The city of Chicago, which, as I like to point out, is not very happy with a certain Donald Trump. In the last election, Donnie Trump got, I believe, 15 percent of the vote. Look it up. 15 percent of the vote in the city of Chicago. If I could do the math and hold on, Danny Biss, that means 85 percent of the voters in the city of Chicago win against Donnie Trump. They don't like Donnie Trump. Paul Ballas. What makes you think you can get elected mayor of the city of Chicago by embracing your inner MAGA? Donald Trump and MAGA are not popular in the city of Chicago. They're particularly not popular among black people who get to vote. Now, I know MAGA is trying to take away the rights of black people to vote in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Florida and Texas and Arizona. But still, MAGA doesn't control Illinois, so black people still get to vote. So anyway, that's MAGA. Why you would embrace MAGA, Paul Vallis? I do not know Give the speech in front of this MAGA group out at the fundraiser in Naperville. What are you doing in Naperville? Like they don't get to vote in Chicago elections. Now, it's true. You may have been confused. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, for one, for a brief moment, had as the city co- uh, corporation council, a lawyer who I believed lived in Naperville. They go. That's my distinguished guest. Probably remembers his name and uh, the exact Western suburb we lived in. I can't remember either at the moment. The astounding thing about that guy when he was outed for having lived in Naperville was this little detail in the story that not only did she give him this plush job that every lawyer in the city of Chicago would want, or many lawyers would want. I shouldn't say every. Uh, but she gave him this pass that enabled him to take like the Bat Cave route to from the South Loop to Chicago's downtown. I didn't even know that route existed. I've been living here since 1981. No one told me about the Batcave route. I bet you John Cass knew about that Batcave route. <laughs> I bet All those years of sucking up to Mayor Daley by Johnny Cass and Eddie Berdoliak, they probably gave him his own special pass. Here you go, John. Thanks. So anyway, he had the Batcave route. The guy from Naperville. So maybe that's how Paul Vallis got confused. He thought, well, if Lori Lightfoot can hire some lawyer out of Naperville to be the chief corporation counsel, then I could just go out to Naperville and speak to people that maybe they get to vote in Chicago elections. And it's true, Paul Vallis. You would probably have a better chance of winning if somehow or other we changed the, uh, the eligibility requirements for Chicago voter and allow people who live in Naperville to vote. But there's an idea. Paul Ballas could be elected mayor of the city of Chicago if he if they changed the laws. Oh he'd be swore, he would win in a landslide if they allowed the people who now live in that town in Indiana where Johnny Cass moved to vote in Chicago. There you go. There's your there's, there's your secret there, Paul Ballas. get the law change. Anyway, so he went before this group uh and uh he just started ripping, of course, <laughs> to prove that he was a MAGA guy to the core, uh, he started ripping the Chicago Teachers Union. And he spoke, he goes, Ballas discussed his experience and spoke about school choice, which he said he has supported since 1995, and which he, which he called, quote, the civil rights issue for this generation. Quote, you have to define it as that, he continued, because I tell you, the unions are relentless. Well, let's just pause and think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Ballas is giving advice to Awake, this MAGA group from Naperville, about how they could build their support uh, among, what, I don't know, people in general, but black people in, in particular, uh, by saying school choice is a civil rights issue. Hey, message to Paul Vallis. Awake doesn't believe that civil rights is a legitimate issue. They're against teaching critical race theory. They think if you teach little kids, little white kids about slavery, those white kids will be traumatized and they will just go into shock. And so to protect the sensitivity of the little white kids, you're not allowed to teach about slavery. Hello, Paul Vallis makes message. They don't care. They don't want to hear about civil rights. They're not going to, well, they do care about their own rights. But they don't care about anybody else's rights. So you're going to kind of win them over by saying, the way to define choice is calling it the new civil rights. They didn't believe in the old civil rights. Anyway, Kelly Garcia, bulldog reporter for the Chicago, my beloved Chicago reader, wrote the story. The Tribune picked it up. It's all over the place. First, Vallis was standing strong and goes, ah, they're, you know, it's what is, it's the... Culture cancelers coming after me. And then someone must have got to him. Hey, boss, hate to break it to you, but a lot of people are offended by this group. You might want to back off. So now he's saying, well, oh, I should have done a better job <laughs> of investigating. Uh next to other groups that I speak to, next time I'll do a better job. I really do. I have nothing against gay people, trans people. Really, I don't. No. That's why you went and spoke to awake. Okay. In Naperville. It's
2: like, dude, you don't live in Naperville, I don't think. I think you live in the city. So, I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> you got to live amongst these people, bro. I, all
3: right. I'll repeat this is the solution to this problem. So, I, I, as I mentioned, uh, jump shot uh, Johnny Cass moved to some town, I don't know where in Indiana. Uh, so, here's what we do I think that uh, Paul Vallis should move to that town. He could run for mayor, he will be elected in a landslide, and he can hire Johnny Cass to be his press spokesperson. Johnny's been kind of doing that all these years anyway only at the tribute, And you know what? Bring Zara in on the mix, too. The, real, the magiest MAGA man in the city of Chicago. He could be the police chief. It'll be that much closer, D, to his beloved state of Florida. We all know Johnny Catanzaro is on his way to Florida. Dennis predicted that, ladies and gentlemen. Dennis also predicted uh, that D.B. Darren Bailey would be the Republican nominee for governor. So I would stick with Dennis, ladies and gentlemen. Take him to Vegas with you uh, the next time you go. All right, very good. Paul Palace, MAGA man. It's really a shame to be Paul. Without further ado, I will bring on a man who's most definitely not N.O.T., a MAGA man. He's the pride and joy of Weber High School, and he's the pride and joy of the Ben Jarofsky show. Once a month, he comes on to talk about the city council follies. Hey, I just made that up. Maybe we'll change it to the City Council. I think the reader had a column called the City Council Follies. Let's let's call it the City Council Follies anyway. Inside Chicago government's own, Dave Glowat.
4: Well, thanks, Ben. It's great <laughs> to be here. And thanks to Dennis too. It's always a pleasure to talk about City Council Folly or not Folly.
3: Yes. We'll have a uh a show uh meeting to discuss whether we talk <laughs> the uh the segment the follies. Show meeting yes and you get a vote i get a vote dennis gets a vote wow
2: i think he's talking to the <laughs> listeners <laughs> oh. no this is the city of chicago
4: uh there will be there will be no public
3: participation so all right uh Before we begin, uh, Dave, I have to let you in on a little conversation I had with Dennis before we began the show, which I've already kind of alluded to uh, in my opening remarks before you uh, came in and I will repeat them briefly. Um, He pointed out that I've lived in Chicago since 1981 and all I've done is complain about Chicago. And he's he's learning this by going back and reading some of my old columns. All I do is moan and groan. And he basically said, if you don't like it here, just leave. (laughs) OK, uh, to know, which I hey. said, I can't I'm incapable of leaving. I want to leave. I want to be like John Cass and leave. I don't want to go to Indiana, but I don't know, maybe California. I don't know, somewhere else. But I can't leave. I cannot leave this town. So what I'm going to do uh, as an alternative is try to be more positive about this town. So I'm going to start right <laughs> <laughs> the look on Dave eyes face. Is so it's going to be
4: less. It could be less of less fun, is what you're saying.
3: <laughs> so we'll start today. I'm going to be Mister Positivity about the city of Chicago. We'll start with oh, I love Lollapalooza. All right, we got that out of the way. Uh, so what do you? When did you went to Lollapalooza? You, uh, well, that applies that there was a time that oh. I went to Lollapalooza, yeah. but I will you be like in it pure, as a concept. Yeah, I like it. It's a fun bit for Dennis and I to make fun of. Uh, it makes hotel managers happy, and, you know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I just avoid it. And you know what? the streets are there's less traffic on the street, so you can get from point A to point B a lot faster with Lollapaloozas in town. but uh, other other that. I don't know, man, that's a good question.
4: Because not everybody in cars in your neighborhood is a Gen Z person at Lollapalooza. So what are they just like watching it live stream at home? But I don't know what's going on there. That's Believe it or not,
3: I know uh, some boomers who go to, they love Lollapalooza. They tell mm-hmm. Ben, you got to go sometime. It's really cool. And I'm like, mm, that's not my scene at all. I
4: got I got a free weekend pass once and that's once when I went.
3: Oh, did you enjoy yourself?
4: Yeah because okay. it was free that was a, i enjoy things more when they're free uh
3: all right without further ado we're going to put aside this Lollapalooza talk and i will be positive ladies and gentlemen you're going to see a noticeable change uh <laughs> and uh so take it away dave as always no net i have no idea very proud of this as dave pointed out to me at the start of the show or the, when we were talking before we went in the air very proud of the fact that i never know what he's going to introduce. So who knows where the conversation will go. Take it away, Dave Glowens.
4: Mr. Risk taker, <laughs> the most, most recent meeting of the full city council took place on July 20, and it went for four and a half hours, which you know is not necessarily much longer than usual, but it was pretty long. And uh, Dennis, please, we're going to do cat first. Near the start of each city council meeting, the law requires 30 minutes set aside for public comment. Commenters must sign up in advance, either in person at City Hall if they want to speak in person at the meeting, or if they want to speak by telephone to the meeting live, they can call a special number and leave a voicemail message, and then someone will call them back, and I hear it's rather uh, some, some give a, a barrier to entry, but that's what they got to do. We're now going to hear from one of the in-person commenters at the July 20 meeting, John Catanzara, who you mentioned a minute ago, who is president of the Fraternal Order of Police Lot 7, which is the union representing most Chicago police officers below the rank of sergeant. Let's listen.
5: I thought this was going to be about a kitty cat, but okay. You got us sitting up here because you don't want the members of the council to be looking at us on the main floor where it's always been held. These rules need to be changed and go back to the old way of doing business if you want to have an open and transparent government instead of sticking us up here in the peanut gallery. But I highly doubt that's going to happen. Three officers committed suicide in the last two weeks. And this mayor has repeatedly stood in front of press conferences talking about the amount of time off our officers have and how exorbitant it is, as if they are not rented mules, as I've said time and time again, to be abused. The superintendent of police has stood in front of press conferences and lied repeatedly. Rule 14 ed himself by saying they only cancel eight days off a year. That is an outright lie. When are the council members going to wake up and do the right thing? I'd like to applaud Alderman Tabaris, Napolitano, Lopez, and O'Shea for their crafting of ordinances to try and give the men and women who represent and defend this city every day from insanity before it becomes Gotham forever and trying to get something done. These will be presented to all of you shortly later today. This council has repeatedly not really gave a damn historically when it came to the F.O.P. And what we were trying to fight for for our members suicide is real it is not going away officers are dealing with the same trials and tribulations that everybody in this world deals with but when you then go to work and see trauma after trauma after trauma you get no break no decompression you are literally looking at dead bodies emaciated babies domestics and then you have to go home and barely get enough sleep to report back to work. It affects your relationships at home with your loved ones, your spouses, your children. I've had officers crying that their own kids think they're strangers. This cannot keep going forward. And lastly, COVID. Three of these officers are still waiting seven months for a line of duty designation who all died of COVID. The first four got the designation. These three are still waiting seven months. The families deserve it.
4: Mr. Catanzara raises some, I think, weighty issues around the stress on police, but that's not what I want to key in on here. I want to key, on, key in on what he said at the beginning. He said that he's addressing the alderman, and he said, you have us stuck up here in the peanut gallery. And I've talked about this before, that since the early days of the pandemic, the city council started meeting uh, via video conference, and then last year they resumed in-person meetings, but they still have not allowed members of the public onto the main floor of the council chamber as spectators. Where members of the public must go if they want to witness the proceedings or and or comment in person is there's a mezzanine above the council floor that is glassed off, And it extends, the mezzanine extends kind of over the floor. So the people in the mezzanine can't really see the alderman. They can look through the window down and see the mayor and the city staff, but they can't see the alderman. The alderman, unless they go to the front of the room and look up, they can't see the spectators. And important to this conversation is they can't see the person who is doing the public comment. So while Mr. Catanzara and the other public commenters were speaking, because I was there in the press box watching the aldermen, because I, you know, I couldn't really see the public speakers too well either. I'd crane my neck. Uh, a bunch of aldermen gathered at a side of the room, out of view of the P. Dot gallery, as it were, and started kibitzing. Uh, uh, what's your name, Ben? What is, uh, what is the media of kibitzing?
3: Just uh, having a private uh, conversation, you know, just chatting among yourself, exchanging uh, wise cracks, and, uh, you know, just uh, sort of just uh, like when you're playing cards and you're having a side conversation. It's more of a side conversation than an actual full-fledged conversation, if you follow what I'm saying.
4: And I couldn't hear what they were talking about. I was reading the body language and it looked more to me like kibitzing than, say, weighty. Uh, discussion about how they're going to vote on a particular thing. But that's, you know, just my impression. And then other aldermen drifted over and, you know, it got to be, you know, just uh, kind of a coffee clutch while Mr. Kanzara and others are speaking. And that's what uh, kind of what Mr. Kanzara was talking about is that the aldermen, and I've witnessed this repeatedly over the past year, Aldermen are using this public comment period as a time not to sit and listen to whoever's speaking. In other words, if, if you believe that at a public meeting, it should be an opportunity for the public to address the public servants and an opportunity for the public servants to receive the input that they're getting from the public, then... Perhaps you would be more interested in having the public back on the main floor where they can see the aldermen and what they're doing. And aldermen would be less likely to be sitting around kibitzing because they would no longer be out of sight. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what was going on here. And I just want to say one more thing about that perspective that I understand that many people are still concerned about uh, COVID-19 safety. However, there are protocols that can be put in place. For example, you know people are going to houses of worship and they're going to movie theaters and other indoor uh, congregate settings. But the city council does have no protocol for like when is this gonna stop? When is the public gonna be allowed back in? There is no uh, there's no like benchmark. We have to reach this, this, and this for people to get back there.
3: Well, uh, I, uh, I'll comment on that first, and then I want to get to the substance of what Johnny Sarah had to say. Uh, I agree with him on both points. There's the thing about my uh, attitude about Johnny Kendenzie. I think he a lot of times, I read his quotes or hear his quotes, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you make sense. I, I, I'm like with you." You know what I'm saying? I divorce myself from the role he plays in Chicago politics and for his bizarre decision in life to become a MAGA man. I mean, he is the maggiest MAGA man in Chicago. Dave, let's never forget that Johnny was he wearing a Trump shirt when he did this? I couldn't see him. Okay. Well, he loves his Trump shirt. So he has made a very, I mean, he's a grown man. It was his decision. I'd say calculated decision to promote himself as a Trump man. I don't think that's a very good choice for the members of his union because they uh, work in a city where Trump is despised largely just pointing that out, Johnny C. That said, a lot of times you say things I'm not in my head in agreement. And the, the talk about putting them up in the uh, peanut gallery, I absolutely agree with him. And Johnny C., I say this as a guy, my whole life, I've been in a peanut gallery, metaphorically speaking. And Dave knows this for years. Dave Glowatz and I did a great podcast, if I must say so myself, where we broke apart like the intricacies of Chicago government. I would I'm patting myself on the back for that podcast. It was very learned and smart. I'm patting myself on the back. You can't see that. And Dave asked the questions in those days. Now that rolls are reversed. But, you know, we were just like this little thimble of water in an ocean on the Internet. So I know how it works in Chicago. It seems like they just, oh, they don't want to hear what. There's two ways, Johnny C., when they don't want to listen to you. You know, I mean, if you really go extreme like Fred Hampton, they shoot you. OK, and then they make jokes about it. Like people would tell me, Ben, you know, you better lay, uh, lay low on that Mayor Daley stuff. You could end up at the bottom of the river." How many times have I heard that joke? Huh? Like people make jokes about it or they just ignore you. You know, they, uh, freaking weirdo hippie guy we will just ignore him. So, Johnny, they are just ignoring. You. They put you up there. That's where they shoved you. You're getting a taste of how they treat people who dare to disagree with the powers that be. They put you up there and then they don't listen to you. Yeah, they don't listen to you. Now you're out of sight, you're out of mind. And you're absolutely correct. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They put you up there and they talk among themselves. It's, sort of, it's not that much different, actually, if you're there. Have you ever been to a board of education meeting? I haven't been at one in years. I don't know if this new board, the Lori board, is any different. But back in the day, they, they learned, those board members learn to have a passive stone face. And I think they like taught them, you know, like um, meditation methods, Dave. So like when people (laughs) were talking, they would have the stone face, but they were thinking about a party or a song. So inside they were like, all night long, all night, all night. But the face was stone. They don't want to hear what you have to say, John. They don't want to hear what parents have to say. They're just waiting for instructions from Lori Lightfoot.
4: (laughs) But do you agree, Ben, that there is uh, by having physical presence of the public in the room that there it brings a level of scrutiny that is that is lacking
3: now? Yes, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. At least you have to like go to those training sessions that they used to send the board <laughs> members, like their Stepford wives sitting there. <laughs>
4: I think you're talking about mindfulness training, right? Yeah, <laughs>
3: Stepford wives I'm is the one hugging. I was thinking. That's I'm a movie changing. before your time, you wouldn't know it. But anyway, the point is that, uh, yes, absolutely. If you put Johnny Catanzaro with his dumbass I love Donald Trump t shirt down on the floor, they would have to at least pretend they were paying attention. And definitely, the aldermen from the Northwest and Southwest sides, where a lot of police live, would have to be like taking notes, and paying attention. Could you repeat that, John? That was a very important boy. <laughs> The ones you, uh, the ones you gave the little shout out to, Johnny. You know, Napolitano, uh, Tabares. What was the other one? Uh, I forget the other one. Oh, O'Shea. I mean, you kind of run yes. them anyway, so they would really be paying attention. But if you want like Scotty Waggis back to be paying attention, or uh, I don't know who else, who else? Uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa. To be, you gotta put them back, and they won't. They're gonna put them, and they're gonna use that COVID excuse. Mayor Lori Lightfoot. It's bringing NASCAR to the lakefront, <laughs> just celebrated Lollapalooza, put like 100,000 people in the Grand Park, shove them face to face. But can't, can't stick 200 that. spectators on the floor of the city council. Yeah, you can't figure it out. I know. You could do one at a time. You can have them line up, queue up outside the hallway, you make them all wear masks, have them six feet apart like the old days of Trader Joe's, you know, (laughs) and then one by one, you can let them in. You could do it. You could figure out a way, but Johnny C you're right. They don't want to see you out of sight, out of mind, and they don't want to hear you. And that gets to your message. You are absolutely correct. The policing attitudes in the city of Chicago are insane. And they have been going back to the days of mayor Daly. This didn't begin with Lori life with Johnny C. This began with mayor Daly. And I'll give the Fraternal Order of Police credit. They were my allies back in the day. People don't know this, Dave. They were one of the few organizations that had the guts to stand up to Mayor Daley and his dumbass Olympic idea. Remember that? They, they had a protest outside of city hall. They circled city hall. I was like, yeah. And so what did the mayor do? He had cops spying them. I know. I, I know this, Johnny C. I hope you're paying attention to the history lesson. You're a young guy. You probably don't even remember the Olympics. But they did. I'll be, they had that internally. They had these undercover cops. They were spying on all the people who would dare to disagree with Mayor Daly's Olympics. Tommy Tresser and that bunch. Pat Hill. The, may she rest in peace. Great Pat Hill. I'll bet you they were spying on the uh, fraternal order, please. I don't, I don't have proof of it, but I will bet you in Vegas right now, Johnny C., So, yes. So this thing about making cops work incredible overtime because you're too cheap to hire more cops because you don't want the pension obligation. That's been going on since Mayor Daley and allowing uh, vacancies to exist so that you can use the money for other things. That's been going on since Mayor Daley. And it does have a cost. And you know, here's the other thing, Johnny. C. am going to tell you this right now. You may not know this. I'm going to tell you this for a fact. I was at a wedding not too long ago. There was a lot of cops at this wedding and they were go. You got to love Mayor Lori Lightfoot with the overtime. I'm making so much money. I'm like, okay, that's a minority within the police department. But there's a lot of cops who love the overtime money, making money, real cash. You know, I think it's a crazy way to run a police department. I do believe that it's not healthy for the police officers and their families. And if this city wants police presence, which they do, then they should hire more cops and they should train them better. There, I said it.
4: You There's it? another consideration, the physical consideration. the The Office of Inspector General has found in the past that the police department's policing of its overtime records is pretty bad. That the, uh, the when officers, if I remember correctly, submit overtime paperwork, that it's uh, often has it omissions. It's not audited well, and uh, that the IG found that perhaps the city is paying out much more overtime than it should be.
3: Wow. I mean, like, see, I was going to be positive about the city of Chicago. (laughs) Remember that resolution to be positive. People are listening for
4: that. (laughs) I mean, you could go do it elsewhere.
3: Uh, I just, uh, yeah. So everything in this city is so corrupt. Everything is so corrupt. Uh, But I don't, having said that, I just don't believe that it's healthy for anyone involved to have all this overtime uh, and you should just legitimately hire enough cops so that like there's people on hand to patrol during, I don't know, Lollapalooza weekend. And not everybody has to come on in. I remember one time uh, back in the O's uh, I had a lot more friends on the force. a one of my friends from the O's are in force retired, but it was, I remember some dignitary came to town and all days off were canceled. I can't remember who it was. I just remember my friend going, we're supposed to go to a a game or some sort. And he goes, I can't go Benny. I I got overtime. I I got to work this, um, detail. So that's the old way in Chicago. You know, it's an old tradition with the police, but I I don't think it's healthy. I don't wish, don't think we should do it going forward, but here's the other thing. One more last thing, Johnny C. One last thing. Those wards that you represent those Southwest and Northwest Side wars, where so many police, the vote against the fair tax was overwhelming. Overwhelming. That's the most overwhelming vote against the fair tax in the city of Chicago. The fair tax would have raised taxes on the wealthiest people in the town, uh, in the state, like Kenny G and John and uh, JB Pritzker, and used the money uh, to fund obligations like the pensions. So you can't have it both ways. You can't be maggot to the core. You can't be anti-tax to the core and then expect the city to have the money to hire more cops and pay the pensions. And here's another thing, Dave, you got me going. You got me going Insert Daddy C, I don't believe you'll ever say this, but this is another truth. I hear this. Friends of mine who are retired in the state of Florida, do you know how many cops retired Chicago police officers are in the state of Florida? drawing their pensions and and bitching and moaning about J.B. Pritzker's liberalism while they're drawing their pensions and going, I love Ron DeSantis because taxes are low. Yeah, they're low because the cops in Florida don't have the pensions you have. Duh. I just wish Johnny Canzara would bring the Fraternal Order of Police in line like with the union movement in this country as opposed to bringing them in line with the MAGA movement. That's had a mouthful you got me going man now let me in retrospect
4: edit. i should have uh, played a different commenter <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: but i actually agree with him man it's insane i know it's you do insane
4: you're positively in agreement there you go yes positive we'll show we you very... move on yes sir Dennis please we will do toe next oh Recently, Ben, you might have heard that the City Council's Committee on Pedestrian and Traffic Safety approved a proposal by downtown 42nd Ward Alderman Brendan Riley, an ordinance giving police the power to seize and impound a vehicle previously used in violations of the city's laws against drag racing, even when the operator or the owner of the vehicle is not present. Before the full council also approved the ordinance, Alderman got to weigh in at the July 20 meeting, and we'll now hear some of what they said. This starts with committee chair, 27th Ward Alderman Walter Burnett. Let's listen.
1: There was a substitute ordinance introduced by 42nd Ward Alderman Brendan Riley regarding empowerment of vehicles involved in drag racing or drifting. Chair recognizes Alderman Brookins.
3: We would hopefully ask that the police also enforce an ordinance I passed more than eight years ago, where people are throwing trash out of their windows and littering our streets that their cars could get impounded. Each and every year when they come before budget, I ask the police department whether or not they have enforced that ordinance. And I always hear crickets, but people are calling our ward offices every day Especially if you are living a ward that borders the Dan Ryan, yelling and screaming at us at all of the trash and debris that litters the African American community and others. So while I am all in for your ordinance, I just hope that the police officers will enforce it.
1: Solomon Lopez. This body, you, my colleagues, have tried half a dozen times to make this an issue that the administration and the police take seriously. To no avail. No one performing these acts takes this government seriously. We must enforce, we must hold accountable, and we must recognize that until there's a will to do that, this will just continue weekend after weekend after weekend.
0: Alderman Garza. One of the things that I find very interesting is they've been drag racing on 116th and Stony Island and Doty Road For over 50, 60 years, we have pulled numerous cars out of Big Marsh, which is now a world class bike park over and over and over again. I would like to see cameras and speed bumps and anything that we can do to try to make it safer, because hundreds of people gather there at night One, two, three o'clock in the morning, and the police station is probably four or five blocks away. People are getting killed. Cars are going into the marsh. This is great. I hope that we can enforce this and put an end to this senseless drag racing and drifting.
4: At the end of the discussion on Riley's ordinance, which the council approved, Mayor Lori Lightfoot made some comments in which she took issue with some of the aldermen's views. Listeners can hear those comments and the extended version of this interview found at the inside Chicago government website, shygov.com. So, Ben, what we heard there is a little skepticism on the part of some aldermen that even with added teeth in the law that uh, the police can uh, can be Government, as Lopez called, can be compelled to actually act on.
3: Yes. Uh, skepticism, indeed. And uh, uh, when you said toe, by the way, I thought it was T.O.E., but you meant T.O.W. That's just a little, it's like so cat. Cool. Yeah. Uh, cat fooled me, too. But uh, no, there's been drag racing in the city of uh, Sukars is right just drag racing i in the 80s i remember writing stories about drag racing uh, in chicago and it was like a, in those days uh it was out adventurous i'd go out to the streets of chicago and do stories about neighborhoods and stuff like that and uh, i did a couple stories about drag racing in chicago and it'd be midnight gatherings at various locales uh, and this is before the internet so i don't know how they got the word out but somebody would tell me, no, all right, man, it's going to be at uh, Fullerton and uh, Milwaukee. I just made that up. I uh, like, oh, there are somehow or other. It'd be like 50 people there, uh, with their car. <laughs> and then, oh, man. And the cops would come and then everybody would scatter. So yeah, there's been drag racing going on in the city of Chicago forever. Uh, I, I point out in my column, it's a very contradictory, a mixed message to bring NASCAR to town uh, while denouncing a drag racing. Uh, the people who are doing the drag racing might be aspirants to one day be in NASCAR. Uh, and by the way, I had, a, I had a chuckle when I heard Sue Garza, uh, older woman of the 10th Ward, a good friend of the show, uh, talking about all the crowds of people uh, in her neighborhood uh, coming out to watch drag racing. Uh, hello, Sue. I remember back in the day, you were a hippie girl. You'd have been out there in that crowd, Okay. Don't people, act like you wouldn't have people, been in the crowd. People grow up. Internet like no, so. People change, I know. But it's sort of like when you knew the bride, which she used to rock and roll. Sue Carson knows that song by the Kinks. And uh, so it just had a little smile. It's ridiculous, man. How, look at all, what do you guys want cops to do. You want impo- imp- cops to impound cars for littering? I know littering's a problem. I know it's horrible when people throw trash in your lawn. I hate it. I'm with you, Howard Brookings. But don't you think the police have enough to do without like going up and down the Dan Ryan, pulling cars over for littering? I don't know. It could, maybe there's a better way to do it. Use Big Brother to your advantage. Have cameras filming. Trash it. cameras. Trash cameras? Hey, could you get on that, Lori Lightfoot? Trash. Trash somehow cameras. or other. Yeah. When Lori Lightfoot gets done with the trash camera program, it'll be only black people. You watch it somehow or other. And then they'll make an argument, you know black people litter more than white people. <laughs> uh, so I, um, I just think this is the kind of posturing that happens in the city council with Alderman. I mm-hmm. want to speak to their constituents. So Howard Brookens wanted his constituents to know he was standing up for them on the issue of littering, knowing full well that if you ask any Chicagoan, what would you rather have the police do like arrest bad guys or arrest litterers? Although I could argue that litterers are bad guys. So worse bad guys. I think the pe- most people would say, leave the litterers alone uh, and go for the bad guys. So there's got to be another way. If you really believe uh, that littering is bad, there's another way, a better way of doing it. If you really believe that um, drag racing is bad, then, um, you know, every time you hear of a drag racer, you gotta, you got to arrest them.
4: Or that's give them con- a, con- or con- give a contract. What's that? Or give them a contract. Yeah, or-
3: or give them a contract. Well, Bring them into the fold. You know, I, you don't know, have to drag racing downtown, like in, in the NASCAR. You hey, you want, like- to talk,
4: you want to talk about that?
3: Yes. does yes, please,
4: we'll do drag next. Oh, my God. <laughs> so after the city council meeting, the mayor had a press conference. She talked about a whole bunch of stuff. But she talked about this thing that we're talking about. So let's hear what she had to say. This starts with NBC5 TV reporter Mary Han Ahern. Let's listen.
0: We've been trying to ask folks at your office, can you give us any more info on that NASCAR contract? What exactly will the city get from NASCAR? Because there are several other cities who rejected the uh, NASCAR offer. I don't have all of those details at my fingertips, but we'd be happy to, to get that from you. Talk to Cesar about what your specific questions are. But let's be clear, this is a massive, massive good thing for our city. The fact that NASCAR will come to Chicago, expose our residents, and particularly I'm looking forward to the opportunity for young people to see not only the newest generation of cars, not only experience what happens with these drivers, but to really look behind the scenes and understand how the STEM education that they're getting might actually translate to either being a driver, maybe a person in a pit crew, somebody who designs these high-end cars. And, of course, we know this from when NASCAR came to our city oh with God. the eSports, I think a year plus ago. This was like a love letter to Chicago. And being able to promote our city across the globe and the beauty and splendor of it in early July, I'm very excited about that opportunity. But obviously, with every contract that we enter into, being fiscally prudent is always oh, key. Yeah, right.
5: <laughs> You briefly spoke about that contract. What, if anything, uh, beyond that contract or even that contract will need city council approval? And kind of following up on that, the Sun-Times quoted Alderman Riley and Dow and King, the downtown aldermen, that were pretty upset that that they didn't get any sort of... It's
0: just not true. So it's... It's not, no, it's just not true. Every single alderman for whom this touch was consulted ahead of time, had a briefing, from NASCAR and our team, with the exception of Hopkins. They reached out to him, but he either couldn't accommodate the schedule, but it's just simply not true that they were not consulted ahead of time and weren't briefed, that's just not true.
5: When were those briefings? Were they, like, two days ago? or
0: They have been spread out over a period of time based upon what the alderman's availability was, yes.
5: Okay. On the needing city council approval part, what part of this race will need city council approval?
0: I'm not sure that any part of it will. But obviously, we don't engage in something this big and significant without talking to our city council partners.
4: That second reporter you heard there was uh, my colleague, the estimable Jonathan Lawrence, who um, used to be with Block Club Chicago, is now with Crane Chicago Business, holding the mayor's feet to the fire there. So some uh, interesting uh, perspective there that Mr. Lawrence asks. Well, what about these three significant aldermen, namely Brendan Riley of downtown, uh, Pat Dowell of the third ward, and King uh, Sophia King of the fourth ward? Have all indicated that they're that they're like, wait, what? What's going on here? And we heard the mayor push back and say, no, no, they were all briefed. So I have three, listen with me on this, Ben. Mm -hmm. I have three possible scenarios here. One is that the mayor's staff screwed up. Like they didn't give them proper briefings or maybe they relied on the NASCAR people to like, you know, go take care of that. And they didn't, you know, give the alderman enough information. That's scenario one. The second was that the second scenario was the alderman got enough information, but then when they started to get pushback from their residents, they had to like start to tap the brakes. Mm-hmm. Or the third scenario was that this was all orchestrated, that the the, the administration said, OK, we're going to we're going to float this this trial balloon and then. Uh, to to enhance our negotiating position with NASCAR, you alderman then start create a stink, and then we can like renegotiate the contract. So those are my. Three possible scenarios.
3: Okay, well, I definitely rule out number three because I don't think there's ever been any sign that any city uh, mayor, including this one and the one before her uh, and the one before him played tough in negotiations uh, when it came to these outside entities using our streets. It definitely wasn't the case in the parking meter deal. Hey, have the parking meters, only one. It wasn't the case with Lollapalooza. You want Grant Park for two weeks? Knock yourself out. OK, they're the only people that the city of Chicago is tough with uh, in, in matters like this and negotiations are motorists who are ticketed for going through a speed light uh, camera. All right. Uh, excuse me. Speed limit camera. Sorry. Speed and so camera. if they only were as tough uh, with NASCAR as they are with Joe Blow, public citizen but it's not ever going to happen. So no, I, I throw that out. It's, I believe it's the second one, your second uh, choice, which is where the aldermen either were sort of paying attention or uh, you know, maybe they thought it was a good idea. And then when it uh, hit the papers, they started getting phone calls like, uh Oh, <laughs> I don't want to make it look like I signed on to this because everybody on my ward hates it. And w- wouldn't you think about just for pause for a moment, young Dave Glouettes, think about if, this race was outside your condo or your co op, excuse me, uh, roaring down whatever street that is that you front. For two weeks, they shut down the street. And then for a week, they built up uh, the uh, bleachers so that MAGA could come watch this. Because who else is going to go? I MAGA. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's NASCAR. Hello, city of Chicago. <laughs> these are the people Lori life with that hate you. Well, are you
4: saying I, there's a correlation between mega and the fan base of NASCAR?
3: Is that what you're suggesting? I, it, who has to suggest it? Have <laughs> you, you ever heard of let's go Brandon. You ever, you, have you ever heard of that one? I just yes. wrote about it in the reader. We just De- Dennis and I talked ex- at length about it. Uh, let's okay. Just for people who forgot or didn't know, uh, let's go Brandon. There was a NASCAR race, uh, and somehow, rather than NASCAR crowd, I think I forget where it was. Maybe in Florida. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but it was some uh, MAGA country, uh, and the crowd, for I, I don't know why, uh, just started chanting "F Joe Biden." See, Dennis, I won't say it in case we drop this show on Lumpen. You're welcome. Uh, so they just started chanting uh, F. Joe Biden. And the uh, news reporter uh, who was broadcasting at the time uh, an interview with uh, uh, Brandon, who had won the race, uh, someone said, what are they chanting? And Because it was so loud. And she goes, well, they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. And so MAGA has accepted that. That's like the rallying call. So, yes, there's a correlation between NASCAR and MAGA. So you can imagine the,
4: the TV footage of the Chicago NASCAR race with these posters in the
3: background. Like, Let's go, Brandon. You yeah, know? let's go, Brandon, posters. Uh, or the real thing. You know, MAGA, <laughs> they, they <laughs> may just put the real F Joe Biden. Ba- will so those make it on TV, though. That's yeah, the yeah. Uh, and, and Lori well, Lake. they could, it's, they could digitally <laughs> alter it. Yeah, they would digitally all Like
4: an NFL game, you know, it's like all this stuff on the sidelines.
3: But, so, of course, you would be outraged if they brought the, the uh, MAGA race uh, to your uh, front door. So, of course, people in Brendan Riley's ward are going to be irritated. Of course, people in Sophia King's ward are going to be irritated. Of course, people in Pat Dowell's ward are going to be irritated. Their life is going to be intruded upon by an event they have no interest in. Let's face it, there's no great market for, Ma- for NASCAR in the city of Chicago. You know, and this notion, they always, like, try, this is the thing about mayors, when they have a dumb idea, they always try to pretend as though they're doing it for the good of the children.
4: I really liked how uh, creative uh, perspective that the mayor had around linking it to STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math. Like, you know, if you go, the kids go to NASCAR, they'll say, oh, I get the importance of STEM education.
3: Yeah, no kid in ever will ever make that cor- association. It's None. The mayor
4: should make it for them.
3: <laughs> no, and they go oh, behind the scenes look. are oh, you gonna start trotting kids out to see the pits behind the scene. You're gonna let kids in. Tons of yeah, every school in Chicago's gonna get to do brilliant that. Brilliant idea.
4: Brilliant <laughs> idea. And the the mayor's office is taking notes. I'm sure.
3: They're oh, gonna start.
4: They're gonna start putting together like field trips from the schools. Yeah, so,
3: um, there you go. It's gonna happen. <laughs> field trips. NASCAR's gonna call the mayor up. Get these blank bleeping kids out of our NASCAR pits. <laughs> <laughs> our pits. They're, here's what they're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen. They're gonna close down Grant Park for at least two weeks. You're not gonna be allowed to go there. They're gonna build fences because they gotta put their bleachers up because they gotta charge you. So they gotta figure out a way to charge you to go. OK, that's what they're going to do. And they're going to uh, charge people to go in and watch cars go around and around and around. And there's not going to be any education. No kid in the city of Chicago is going to see I get behind or maybe one kid. No, here's what that dude Dave. They'll try it in like three kids, you know, and the kids will be looking cool. And they'll make sure there's a picture and it's on the paper and in the news. And so that's what they're going to do. And but
4: there'll, there'll, be a, there'll be a competition for the kids who get to do that.
3: Yeah, there'll be a couple. That reminds me of the bit that Dennis, we haven't played this one in a while, uh, but it was uh, Lori Lightfoot at the celebration when the Sky won. Chicago Sky, the women's uh, basketball team, was the champions last October, I want to say. So at the celebration in Grand Park, uh, Lori Lightfoot goes, good news, Chicago. Uh, Was it Wilson or Spalding, one of the manufacturers, has agreed to donate – uh, as on behalf of the sky, three hundred basketballs to some lucky Chicago school. I'm like, that's what we get out of this? <laughs> that's not even like one basketball per school, and that's it. And so they they take this like minuscule. So they'll take three kids, slap them into the pit. The kid will meet Bubba Wallace, who's a NASCAR driver, shake his hand, have a picture taken, and they'll go, "Wow, what a great outreach!" They're all gonna. And let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, she said that Mayor Lori Lightfoot said that this is all for the school children of Chicago. So they could sit there in the stands and do mathematical computations, which will help them with their STEM programs. Okay, (laughs) she said this right after (laughs) denouncing drag racing. The people who would want to see NASCAR are the ones whose cars you want to impound. (laughs)
4: What that, will make them, that will make them want to go to NASCAR more because their cars have been taken away, so they'll want to see other people's cars. I think it's it's probably, you know, just all very carefully yeah. plotted out.
3: Yeah, that's all very good. You can be sure of one thing when it comes to uh, NASCAR or Wild Palooza. There's nothing careful about what they did. It's like, oh, let's What have
4: happened a- to the positivity?
3: Oh, you're right. Hold on one second. Hold on. Let me think <laughs> You know, Dave, I think it's really nice that Chicago will be a showcase uh, to the NASCAR audience uh, in their MAGA T-shirts. And then after the race, they can go pose for photos under the Trump sign on that tower overlooking Chicago River, which somehow or other uh, Trump got to put up thanks to Mayor Rahm Emanuel. (laughs) Yeah, haven't forgotten that one, Rahm. So, there you go. How about that for positivity?
4: And listeners didn't get to see, because I can but Ben took a bong hit before he said that. (laughs) It was... Oh, that's not a a bong. I'm sorry. That looks like a bong from Ben. That's hilarious. I wish it were a bong. I haven't spoken since 1981. Help. I need help. Well, since we're talking about cars, Dennis, please, let's do speed next. I'm hoping this is the last time I have to tell this story, because I've told it a bunch of times so let's go back a little bit in history when uh, the Illinois state legislature passed a law that allowed city of Chicago and other municipalities to have traffic enforcement cameras including those that catch people speeding so when um, Chicago implemented this it deployed about 160 cameras to catch speeders around the city And the way they worked is that if a camera detected a vehicle going 10 miles per hour or more over the limit, it would take a picture of the license plate and the owner of the vehicle would get a ticket. Then in 2020, I'm sorry, um, during the Rahm Emanuel administration, the city council passed an ordinance that lowered that ticketing threshold to six miles per hour. But for some reason, the Department of Transportation didn't implement it. Well, during the Lightfoot administration in 2020, they suddenly did. They changed all the cameras to start ticketing at the uh, the statutory six mile per hour threshold. (laughs) Apparently, some folks felt uh, who weren't getting tickets started getting tickets. And some folks felt that uh, they were disproportionately being given to black and brown folks. And that... Resulted, perhaps, in an ordinance introduced in March of 2021 by Alderman Anthony Beal, the far south side's ninth ward, record number 02021-1227, that would put the threshold, the ticketing threshold, back at 10 miles per hour. That proposed ordinance uh, hit a number of roadblocks, which might have been set by the administration, Lightfoot administration, because the mayor was against uh, raising the threshold. But eventually, it finally made its way to the council floor for a vote on July 20. And we're going to hear some of the, the discussion that went on before the vote. Let's listen. I want to read their names because that is important. Jalen James, age 11. Peter Paquette, age 75. Rafael Rafi Cardenas, age 2. These are just a few of the folks who have lost their lives this year in pedestrian traffic fatalities. But I can't stand here in good conscience and cast a vote that I know leads to
0: more names on that list, more people losing their lives. Alderman Spizzato.
6: First off, very well said, Alderman Lespada. I commend you on what you said. I can't support this either. My office is inundated with phone calls, people coming into the office wanting speed cameras, where they're not even eligible for speed cameras, speed humps on main arterials, extra traffic signals on main arterials, traffic stops in the middle of nowhere, which I think would create more danger. I'm not 100% sure how much this worked, but being a fireman, I kind of saw what happens with speed. I know that speed kills. We're told that this is on the backs of our residents, these fines. I don't know how many of you did some research, but according to the budget office slash comptroller, 45% of these people that get these tickets are outside the city of Chicago. But I'm willing to bet, and the six cameras of my ward, I'm willing to bet anything, minimum of 75% are people outside of the city. You try to do 30 in my neighborhood on the northwest side, people try to pass you up. People give you the finger. People are honking the horn at you. So we have to do something I'm looking for. Even though I have six cameras, I'd like to get four more. I think only one spot is eligible. And I've been waiting three or four years for that, that he didn't get it. in the Napolitano.
2: I've asked for multiple speed cameras. I've asked for three of them. I've suffered in the last seven years, multiple, multiple deaths on roads where we could have fixed this due to having speed cameras slowing down the rate of speed that these cars are traveling and it's fallen on deaf ears every time. I've been given a myriad of different reasons why we're not installing new speed cameras, and when we fact-check them, they've all come up improper or inconclusive. I'm just being told that we're not installing them. If that was the case, and we're worried about losing this amount of money that can go towards supporting the police or helping the city, aldermen are asking for more speed cameras in their wards. We should be giving them. I've got kids struck on multiple occasions on Foster Avenue. You've got aldermen in this body that have been begging for these cameras that have been denied. I just don't get it. And for that reason, I'm voting yes.
0: Alderman Vasquez.
1: I actually moved on this issue as I had concerns about it being just kind of a cash grab. But within the past two months in like our community, we've had eight car crashes. We've had a two-year-old, a three-year-old, an 82-year-old, a 72-year-old all killed. There's a little bit of dissonance with my colleague, Alderman Napolitano, to be asking for more speed cameras. And because you don't get the speed cameras, we should then make it more dangerous for everybody else. I don't necessarily understand the logic.
0: Alderman Gardner. I want to go on record. I've been asking them near the intersections
4: of Austin and Foster. I've been asking them where two people were recently killed at Milwaukee and Kilbourne. And I received nothing, no feedback back either. And it's extremely frustrating. I can understand the anger from a lot of the residents who are demanding speed cameras be put in there. This is a very difficult vote. I can understand both sides of it. To be honest with you, I'm still undecided as to how I'm going to vote.
0: Hey, Alderman, I have noted those as well as Alderman Sposato and Alderman Napolitano. As always, if you're not getting response that you want, you always should feel free to reach out to me directly.
1: Alderman Lopez, the problem we're having today with the debate isn't about lowering the speed limit. The problem we're having today isn't about getting you more cameras. Don't believe that you're going to get a camera no matter what address you give right now. It's not going to happen because the state of Illinois said that there's a moratorium on these cameras. It's outrageous that in the city of Chicago, there are some neighborhoods with schools and not a single camera. And then there are other communities like mine that are have a camera at every other school. My people are paying a tax to benefit everyone else.
0: There's been a misnomer both here today, and I think in the discussions leading up to this, that somehow these cameras are clustered in certain black and brown neighborhoods. When The former mayor and administration went to Springfield to get authority to have these cameras installed. One of the requirements was that there was equal distribution throughout the city. The recent comment that don't be fooled, there's a moratorium. Not correct. Not in the city of Chicago.
4: So here we heard from a bunch of aldermen who want cameras, and this debate has been going on in city council, or at least the controversy around this ordinance, uh, on, uh, 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 sponsored by those who are trying to eliminate the impact of cameras. So it's very interesting to me to hear that a, there's a very definite two ends of the spectrum on this.
3: Oh, wow. I could go on and on about this. Uh, this is somehow or other become an, a mini obsession of mine. Uh, so let's just make this one clear uh, at the top. It is a cash grab. It is a way uh, these cameras are a way that the city uh, is paying for obligations. Uh, and it enables uh, Lori Lightfoot to say she's holding the line on taxes. So we all know it's a cash grab. I forget which alderman said it's a cash grab, but it is a cra- cash grab. It
4: was Andre Vasquez who said that he switched on this. Yes. That he was originally okay, going to vote for it, switched. and now he voted yeah. against it because he originally thought it was a cash grab. Yeah, well, it is
3: a cash grab. It is a cash grab, Andre. Don't, don't just throw it out the window because you switched your vote, you know, because a few bicyclers gave you a phone call. It is he, a cash He grab. did cite fatalities in his work. Okay, let me go to the second point. And yes, you are correct, Andre Vasquez. There, are, people are speeding in the city of Chicago. It's dangerous. I'm scared. Me, old Ben, to get on my bike. You know, I used to ride bikes all the time. But you're absolutely correct. Dave Glowatz is not scared. He still has He still rides his bike all over the city of Chicago. But as a guy who rides his bike over the city of Chicago, he can tell you they're going too fast. And the reality is it's unfair to black communities. Why? I'll read you this. It's not something I just made up. I'm going to give a shout out to ProPublica, Melissa Sanchez and Emily Hopkins, who are like, To speed cameras what I am to TIFFs. They've taken the time to understand it. Here's the lead on their investigation. A ProPublica analysis of millions of citations found that households in majority black and Hispanic zip codes received tickets at around twice the rate of those in white areas. The consequences have been especially punishing in black neighborhoods, which have been hit with more than half a billion dollars in penalties over the last 15 years, contributing to thousands of vehicle impoundments, driver's license suspensions, and bankruptcy the reality of the situation is the way these cameras are placed in the city of Chicago they hit harder at motorists in uh, black communities why well one of the suggestions that I think is probably on target that ProPublica throws out is that there's more speed cameras on areas, sections of the roadway leading up to expressways in black neighborhoods than there are in white neighborhoods. and that's where cars tend to speed up, Dave, when they go onto an expressway. So my suggestion, which of course nobody listened to, put more of these cameras in white neighborhoods.
4: Or, uh, I didn't play this, an alternative, there's a variation on what you suggest from Alderman Lopez, is to take some of the cameras from those areas that the evidence suggests are disproportionately ticketing black and brown residents and put them in these predominantly white wards where the aldermen really want them, like yeah. the Politano's ward and Spisato's ward and Gardner's ward.
3: Yeah. And I think, uh, they're being a little, incons- I don't want to say untruthful cause that's such a horrible thing, but just think of this, ladies and gentlemen, think about your perception of the world when you're driving, when you're walking or when you're bicycling, when you're bicycling through the city of Chicago. I don't know if you've ever done it. I've done it. You tend to be really angry at cars. <laughs> I'm speaking for myself. You're getting too close to me. You're going too fast. You're not respecting me in the, in the, uh, in the, in, in the intersection, when you're driving, you tend to be really annoyed by the bicyclist. You're going too far into the middle of the road. You're I'm riding so red st- lights. I'm so, yeah, you don't stop at a red light. I'm so sick of seeing you zoom ahead of me while I sit here stewing and steaming in my car in a red light, and you just zip through like you're so happy. Hi, I'm Dave Glowatz, and I'm gonna go through the red light. Dave Glowatz never goes through a red light, ladies and gentlemen. We have can-
4: no evidence one way or the other. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah. There's a secret camera on you. And yes. <laughs> the point is, so it's like whatever your perspective is changes. So people, when they're living in their bungalow or their home on the Northwest side are worried about speeders. Guess what? When they get in their car, they speed and they don't want to be ticketed. So I've got a feeling to quote the Beatles that the reason they don't put those cameras, in those white neighbors, they don't want a bunch of white people calling them on the phone.
4: But if you listen to Nick Spizzato, his his residents are calling, clamoring for more speed control.
3: Yes. And I just got finished saying people are inconsistent. They clamor when they're looking on their front lawn at cars speeding through their neighborhoods and they curse when they are the speeders going through the light.
4: So you're saying that they would he would be getting different phone calls if those speed yes. cams showed up his yes. additional four that he's looking for.
3: Yes. And I think the city of Chicago is just altogether happy to have this program put the greater burden on black communities and white communities. And so my how would I have voted? Because really, what you know, like uh, how do you vote? How do you articulate that in a vote that it's like a phony issue uh, and you're not given a real solution to it? Uh, I would have voted. I would have had to have vote with Beale, even though uh, the bicyclist in me would be with the Dave Glow of the world and wanting more speed cameras, uh, wanting the, uh, thresholds remain at six miles an hour. I just would have had to have voted with Beal because of the utter inconsistency of which the program is, uh, operated and just the continuing racial inequity about the whole thing.
4: And do you know what, do
3: you know what the vote was? Uh, yes. Uh, I could do this off the, with, Oh God, it Okay, without, without a net, she, ladies and gentlemen. It, ladies and gentlemen, this is unbelievable. <laughs> if I pull this off, this is truly a cry for help. I don't have it in front of me. She got twenty six votes. Correct. from Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and you. Uh, she only needed twenty five. She would have been the, the, the decisive vote because the mayor gets to cast the break like the tie. So there were twenty six yes votes, and I want to say seventeen no. Very
4: votes. very close. There's eighteen to twenty six. That's pretty
3: okay, good, man. Yes, thank you. And then there was a bunch of people, <laughs> Rosanna Rodriguez, uh, Sanchez. Yes, there were,
4: there were there were three aldermen absent who were not at the meeting at all. Jeanette Taylor of the 20th, Carrie Austin of the 34th, and Maria Haddon of the 49th. But there's were, there were those who didn't vote because they left the room for the vote, which were Howard Brookins of the 21st, Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez of the 33rd, and Carlos Ramirez Rosa of the 36th. Yeah. So no, that I... we could call those the Profiles encouraged. Courage.
3: <laughs> Yeah, Carlos, you should have voted no. You know, I love you both, but you should have. In my humble opinion, you should have voted no because it's an inequity. Uh, and uh, I understand, though, they're getting phone calls in, in on the north side of Chicago. Uh, it again, it's uh, the people who felt strongest about it were bicyclers, and they were very organized, and uh, they let their alderman know. Uh, and yes, it's dangerous out there, and we need to do more to make the streets less dangerous. So, put more cameras. (laughs) No, You don't understand.
4: I like the trash cam idea myself.
3: The what idea? Trash cam. Trash cam. Ladies and gentlemen, we should really, uh, we won't, but sometime flip uh, the roles uh, and have Dave here in his uh, role as truly one of the most knowledgeable uh, bicyclists in the city. He really is. He wrote a freaking book about it. Uh, and, um, I would love to get your thoughts. Yes.
4: I have a suggestion. Yes. The city council is taking August off. Okay. So they often do, there will be no meeting of the full city council. And so far I've seen, there's only one committee meeting scheduled for the whole month of August. So if you like, we can do an ask Mr. Bike segment.
3: Yes. I'm going to have my, uh, assistant call your assistant. Yeah. Have your boy call my boy. Which is me calling Dave, uh, neither of us have assistance. No, that would be fun, and that would be good. And get your thoughts on this because I really actually would love to hear uh, your thoughts on uh, what we could do to make Chicago streets safer. And you know, what a scam by the way they 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 don't take any substantial analysis or investigation. It's just talking points. and oh, wait, hold on. I was gonna be positive. Hold on a second, Dave. There's the bond. By the way, why not have, instead of having NASCAR come to Chicago, why not have a giant bike race? You know? Well, like you we know, were, the, there used
4: to be a velodrome on the south side, right?
3: Did they take that down? I believe <laughs> that, that was supposed to be leftover Olympic. Remember, they were going to have a couple of them for the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. You're we going to see, they see.
4: What happens if you don't get the Olympics?
3: It's bad for biking if you don't get no, the Olympics. Never forget, they got all these bicyclists. Dave and I have been down this road. Some of the biggest suckers in this town are bicyclists, particularly in the during the daily years in the nineties. Come on, Dave, you know I'm telling the truth. Oh, Ben I, I get accused of being ben. one of them. Well, oh, you're so negative. Mayor Daly with his ride your bike to work day. <laughs> Guys. Oh, bicyclists, you know I love you dearly. Uh, but remember, they brought the bicyclists to speak on behalf of the Olympics, and uh, what's that thing called a velodrome? Is that what? they're going to build velodromes in black communities, and black kids are going to learn to ride bikes and velodromes? I'm like, well, that didn't happen because, guys, it's never about poor people. Whenever they say we're going to use NASCAR to teach little Johnny about <laughs> pit stops, no, it's about I don't know what the mayor's ego.
4: Oh, but by the way, I want to correct, make a correction earlier when we were uh, going over the mayor's press conference, and I named the journalist who questioned her. Second, I said his name was Jonathan Lawrence. Is actually his name is Justin Lawrence, my good friend. So uh, sorry about that, Justin. I'll make sure I said, it. and I think we're gonna we're gonna cut it off there, Ben. Something
3: Sounds good. To, uh, All right, thank you uh, very much, Dave. And I just wanted to point out, I want to thank you, Dave, for reminding me that tonight is first Tuesday at the Hideout. Uh, and <laughs> before we did the show i said dave make sure you remind me that tonight is- i forgot dave forgot we all forgot but i just wanted uh to urge everybody to come out. we'll be talking about uh, abortion issues in the state of Illinois Terry Cosgrove will be there be fascinating It's another one of my many obsessions uh in the old days i used to ride my bike uh to the hideout and these days i tend to drive in part because i'm afraid of speeding so i just want to put that out there that i too am inconsistent i too am all over the map uh and i too road. yes all over the road uh but uh, anyway uh, Dave clos as always outstanding job you are the man Thank and you. The-
4: let me uh, let me give a plug for inside Chicago government folks can see reporting there at shygov.com plus added uh, material from the city council meeting we've been talking about today will be an extended uh, section plus that, debate over the speed cameras or Alderman Beal's ordinance went on for almost an hour and I've created the whole thing there that you can listen to. Uh, There's some interesting back and forth there. And uh, if you want to follow Inside Chicago Chicago Government on Twitter, that's at C-H-I-G-O-V-T. I I have a photo of the Kibitzing Alderman at the July 20 meeting and the most recent tweets there. And on Facebook, find it, find us at Facebook.com slash inside And thanks again to you, Ben, and to Dennis.
3: Yes. Uh, by the way, I just had a flashback to the intersection of Milwaukee, Diversity, and Damon, one of the scariest intersections to ride a bike through. And, which is in uh, a TIF district. Which is in a TIF, yeah. <laughs> we're,
4: we're bringing our, all our worlds together. Uh, in Chicago River, TIF district,
3: which funds which development? Oh, Light like, through Poems. Ding, ding, uh, ding. Wow, that's a cry for help! All right, thank you very much, Dave Glowatz, and uh, yes, we'll have a conversation uh, in August about bicycling the city of Chicago. I'm looking forward to that very much. I also want to thank the man and the, the legend, the Pride of Joy, of Alton, Illinois. Without whom, this show would be possible. And as Dave Glowatz will tell you back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for De marvelous. Get yourself raised, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody.